Hello, and welcome to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. If you're growing your photography or creative business, you're in the right place. Each week, we deliver a workshop-style solo show, expert interview, or motivating story from our community, so you can tune in to find encouragement, motivation, and ideas to help the right people find you and your amazing work. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting. I'm a photographer and coach, and my favorite thing is helping dangerous creatives just like you stand out in a world that just wants us to blend in. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Well, hey, friends. I cannot wait for you to hear today's coaching episode. It's with Sabrina, who's a photographer in Kentucky. When she originally reached out, she was really stressed about marketing and not having enough bookings. By the time we recorded, she had really had a huge uptick in her business, was doing much better. But we were trying to figure out how to balance all the different things that she wants to do in her business. So we talked about some different strategies in this episode. And so I hope you find a lot of takeaways as you listen to her process and how we kind of figure out how to balance the different brands and the different goals that she has for her business. If you want to be on one of these coaching episodes, there is a link to apply to be coached on the podcast. It's totally free. We would love to have you on. Thank you for opening up your story to other people to hear and to learn from. So if you would like to be on one of these episodes, feel free to apply in the link below. Hope you enjoy this coaching episode with Sabrina. And I also want to let you know that we are about to run a sale for Danger School, which is our coaching membership. We have a live monthly call each month, different topic each time, and we're going to be doing a money magic challenge at the end of this year. So if you join with the holiday sale, it's $333 for the year, which is a huge discount, and it'll let you in for a whole year to this community to get access to the live coaching calls, all of our curriculum that we use with our coaching students, and also this money magic challenge. We would absolutely love to have you. The link for the sale is in our show notes. So make sure you share it with friends. This is a great way to get a boost of energy around your business. If you have some money goals or revenue goals or business goals for your photography or creative business, now is a great time to jump in and take advantage of this sale and the challenge that's coming at the end of the year. So um, you'll get access to the challenge when it drops right after Christmas. So jump in, take advantage of the discount, and we cannot wait to see you inside. Hope you enjoy this coaching episode with Sabrina. All right. So yes, when, cause I was looking and I was like, the first time we chatted, you were like, I don't have very many bookings. I'm freaking out. And then looking back through your stuff recently, you're it like chain turned corner, right? Like you've been doing really well and it feels much better. And yeah, so, I mean, um, maybe, maybe update me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a big thing that happened was last October, my Facebook got hacked, like my personal Facebook and oh, yeah. I lost it. I was never able to get it back, which means I lost access to my business Facebook page, which still exists, but it's like a ghost account now. Like no one can ever post on it or reply from it. Oh no, that's so frustrating. And you used that a lot for your business. I did like, and I had, I mean, thousands and thousands of Facebook friends, like just from, you know, 15 years of meeting people like through weddings, through photo workshops, through all of these channels that people were following me. Like that was a pretty major funnel for my business. Yeah. So after I grieved for (laughs) 
probably longer than I should have. You're like upset about it for a minute, right? I mean, probably for too long, mainly because I lost 15 years of personal photos, but also all the images that I'd ever shared from my clients that I had tagged, like from my personal page, all of that was gone. So even someone was like, oh, I remember so-and-so's wedding photos. I loved them. And they go back to try to find them. They're gone. Yeah. Yeah. So I grieved for a while and then I was like, okay, things can either happen to you or they can happen for you. So if I'm going to have to, cause I was, I also have a dog walking side hustle that I started in February of 2022. Um, because I, I that side hustle. Yeah. I love that side hustle. <laughs> like my bookings were down. It was kind of post pandemic or, you know, I hate saying post pandemic. It was during a time when still a lot of things were uncertain. So I was like, what am I going to do? I don't want to be full-time employed by someone else because <laughs> I'm ruined. I've been self-employed since I was 22. So <laughs> can't go back. Exactly. So I started the dog walking thing, which I'm still doing. Um, And then this Facebook thing happened. And then in February of this year, as of February of 23, I didn't have any weddings on the books for this year, which has never happened to me before. And I was relieved (laughs) and also a little panicked. And I was like, what do I do here? So then I was like, okay, I need to look at my business through a new lens. What have I been resisting or what could I be doing better that I need to focus on? So I started funneling my energy into building Google reviews because I had never done that. My business yeah. had always been very self-sustaining in that way and largely through Facebook and word of mouth. I had just never really needed to advertise or yeah. like, try to do that. Um, so I focused on building Google reviews And then my boyfriend was like, you know, all these photographers that you follow, everyone posts consistently. And he's like, your work is beautiful, but you have, you've posted two photos in two years. Uh, And I'm like, I know that was one of those things I just resisted. And especially during a time when events were happening, but like some people were wearing masks, some people weren't, there was a lot of controversy. It was hard to know what was okay to post, what wasn't. So it kind of fell out of my what little I did post for a while, like it just fell out of my routine. Totally. I hired a social media manager, which has been great. I'm spending money on Google ads. I know that's working because my inquiry forms have a question. How did you hear about me? And more and more and more it's becoming, I found you through Google. So that's awesome. You're like, it's working good. Okay. So you're putting energy into those two things and that's helping a lot. For sure. So between like taking in the income I'm making from dog walking, like I'm looking to make the most money I've ever made, which coming from a place in February where I had no weddings, I didn't know, like, I really didn't know what my career as a photographer looked like, you know, eight months ago to be from there to where I am now feels like completely mind blowing to me. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, with where you are now, what do you feel like you want to make sure that we talk through or where do you want to take your business now? Like, do you have a goal that you're working towards or that you're like, I hope I'm in this place by next year? Yeah. So I'm on the fence about a few different things from the photo business perspective at this point. So in February, I was like, do I still want to be a wedding photographer? If I want to get out, this is my opportunity. 
but I've still been shooting weddings this year. I've still been booking them. And I've kind of found this sweet spot that I love, which is non-traditional coverage. That's like six hours or less. Like that's a real sweet spot for me. And I love that because it doesn't take up whole Saturdays. A lot of times it's happening on other days of the week. Um, and the clients, I just feel really connected with. Like it's a lot of people um, that are tailoring events specifically towards who they are and what they want their wedding days to look like. And I love that. That's awesome. So I kind of know just from being a wedding photographer for 10 years, like how to market towards that group. Mm-hmm. But I started a side brand slash project slash this is where I need your help. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So tell me about the side brand. Okay. So in my teenage years, And early 20s, I was very involved in 4-H, which is a youth agriculture organization. Um, I was more of the city side of 4-H than the agriculture-based side, even though I did grow up on a farm with that influence. But so I know a lot of agribusinesses, a lot of agritourism, a lot of those ventures, people are kind of (laughs) do-it-allers. Like they try to do everything for their business. They do a lot of like cell phone photography. There's a big gap there for those businesses to be served with like nice professional images. So I was sitting on that idea in 2020 and then the world changed and I've been working on it a little bit. Like I haven't really been nurturing that because I don't know what to do with it. So I have a name for it called Craft and Calling. I bought a domain, but I don't know if I should be investing in that as like its own business or if that should be something I offer through my current business. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. It, is it bringing in business already? Like, do you have clients that are pretty consistent or it's just kind of all over the place? Right now, my I have connection to a lot of flower farmers in Kentucky. So I've been like doing a lot of their work just because we're in like the same circle. Um, I also am on retainer as like a a photographer for the University of Kentucky College of Agriculture. So I have a lot of opportunity to network and connect with those, like with my key audience for that. Yeah. Um, And they've encouraged me to do that. They're like, we understand that you're like doing work for us, but also we know that you have your own full-time businesses that could benefit from networking in this community and that's fine. So that's I have a good opportunity to build that and grow that if I want. Yeah. And I just don't know. What what don't you, what don't you know about like if you like the schedule or if you want to be doing more of that work? I don't know if it's like, I am seriously Sabrina Photography and I offer agriculture services or do I introduce myself as I'm crafting calling and I do branding and photo narratives for ag ventures, businesses, et cetera. So, cause I've spent 10 years as seriously Sabrina Photography. So like deciding if I'm going to change how I introduce myself is where I'm like, I don't know. So I have had some clients through that. And they've been like invoiced and sent contracts and stuff through Seriously Sabrina and just the offering. So instead of booking a portrait session, they're booking a craft and calling session. If yeah. That makes sense. 
That makes sense. I, you know, I don't think you need to overthink it too much. I like the separate brands because I was looking at your Instagram and the craft and calling one is so clear that you're offering branding photos. You're working with certain clientele. I think if you tried to put so much under the serious Sabrina brand, it would, it would like be hard to figure out what all you were offering, you know, like, yeah. So I think it's still going to be people are going to know you for you. They're going to be drawn to you and your name and your reputation. And then to be able to go and see a whole portfolio over on your your branding page, I think is going to be really smart. So it would be worth it to invest in like having a website created just for crafted calling. I think so. I think so. Because I think if you're already getting retainers and you're already doing the commercial work and you're already like able to pitch within your community, um, being able to show a very clear brand is going to make it just like easier for you to roll off the reputation you already have, which I think is awesome. Okay. Because that's been even a little confusing for some of my flower like clients where they're like, who do we tag when we share stuff? Like, are we tagging? seriously, Sabrina, are we tagging the craft and calling Instagram? Like, what are we doing? So a lot of people have been tagging both, which is great. Yeah. I've just been so on the fence of like, do I go for that or not? The other like small hiccup that I've hit in marketing to that audience is that a lot of the reason why farms do that is because they don't have the money to spend on marketing. And so that's another thing where I'm like, I feel like I need to grow in education for those, um, for that audience of like, how do they get like grants that go towards that? Or how do they get the funding to be able to pay what I would need to charge to make those jobs worth it? Yeah. So you're kind of passionate about some marketing education too under that brand. That could be really cool. Ideally, we're, we're talking about like, I need time, right? Because that's, The hiccup with the dog walking side hustle that I love is that it is time consuming and could that time be better spent investing in these two photo brands that I have Yeah, because I started it out of necessity and now I'm doing it more out of just like I've built it into its own business. So it's very hard for me to, you know, I've built up like 30 or 40 clients that are very loyal and love me and book me for things. That's amazing. Yeah. But so now I feel very conflicted of like my side hustle is taking away from like my main thing, but I don't really want to give up either. I don't know. Well, (laughs) you know, with things like that, there's always, there's multiple options. Usually I'm like, okay, we're too busy. This is a great problem can raise prices in one or both businesses or find team members to help you out in one or both businesses or limit bookings for one or both of them. Is there, are there any of those options where you're like, Oh, that would be fun to kind of build a team around this one part of my business or raise some prices. I think I have a limiting mindset around adding people only because the last three years of my life have been such a roller coaster. Like I've been at the lowest I've ever felt. And I'm like right now kind of at the highest I've felt in my over like 10 years of being in business. So it makes me so nervous to think about bringing on somebody else and like knowing that I'm responsible for them getting a paycheck 
that would be very difficult <laughs> for me currently. I'm not saying yeah. it's out of the realm of possibility, but I also know like when I second shoot for people and things like that, what I would charge. And I know that I wouldn't be able to afford myself as like an associate. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. I mean, I think like look at the numbers and with, you know, with different parts of our business, when I brought on team members, a lot of times starting with someone freelance and just really being clear about like, this is what I can pay. And you make it clear on the front end and it doesn't mean it's going to be that forever, but someone has the ability to say yes or no, you know, and it, and I think like we, I know for me, when I had my first couple team members, I was like, I have to take care of this person forever. And that's just not the way business works. It's okay for it to be by project or month to month and see if it's a good fit. And then we can kind of like reevaluate, you know? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's definitely like, it was always something where I was like, no, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for that. But now that things have, I guess the biggest thing with this call that I'm hoping for is ways that I can maintain the momentum. Cause that's what I'm so scared of is I'm like, things are really good now, but what happens when February comes again? And I am like feeling the weight of the world on me and am worried about what's going to come in because I'm not, I don't have all those wedding retainers like I used to, Mm -hmm. which is good because I'm happy to still do eight hour wedding days, but I am trying to do maybe like five of those a year and not 25 of those a year, you know, and then be able to fill my calendar with some of the smaller more non-traditional events that really fill my cup. And, you know, the people are good. The job is great. I feel like I'm really in my zone with those because I'm not burning out every weekend for the year. Yeah, totally. No, I hear you. Do you have a really clear picture on how much money you need each month to kind of keep the lights on both, both personally and in your business? Yes. So, I mean, overhead for the business the like side hustle I've had has funded a lot of things my business really needed this year, which was a new computer upgraded to mirrorless. I've bought a mirrorless lens, which we know those are super pricey. But so, I mean, I've probably invested 20K into my business this year just through tech that I needed. I'm almost done with a brand new website, which was desperately needed. Um, So ideally my next kind of investment would be coaching or something that I can continue. So yeah, that's, been, that's been necessary. And then I have done my numbers. I had, so I worked with one of your, like, I guess, coaches or someone who coached under you. Danielle yeah. Hayden was my coach for a year Amazing. and I loved working with her. And part of that was doing our numbers of sitting down and adding stuff up and figuring out what that like month to month or life number like minimum is. So I do know that number, which has been very helpful with like, especially when dog walking and stuff has felt overwhelming in addition to all the photo. I know that I'm like, well, it's nice to have this extra money coming in because it's more than I need. So I'm, you know, I've been able to reinvest it in the business, which I hadn't done in quite some time. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I mean, to be in that place with your side hustle covering a lot of it, but also thinking towards the branding and marketing photos, 
those, I love to see people turn those into retainer clients like you're doing with the university of how can we have something consistent coming in each month so that in the January, February months, when it's pretty common for people to have freak outs those months, I'll just tell you, yeah. even like, you know, even being in business for a long time, you're still like, I don't know, maybe it doesn't work out this year. And so like having some of those retainers to be like, listen, I've got this from dog walking. I've got this from the branding retainers. I've got these wedding retainers. And then everything else can be kind of like icing through the year. And you have a little bit more peace going into your, to each season, you know? Yeah. I think if there were another passive thing that I could do, that would also help because then I think between whatever something passive could bring in, even if it was just like an extra thousand dollars a month that with like dog walking and having the retainer client, I would be in like a really good safe place at that point. And then anything that comes from photo at that point is then bonus, which would be big bonuses. So that would be great to just build up a savings and know then it's like, if there's a slump, if, or like, if I want to add someone in, I know that there's a cushion. Totally. You know? Yeah, totally. Could one more retainer client for the branding side of your business act like that? I know it's not totally passive, but another thousand a month as a retainer client, could that be that thing for you? Yeah. It's like figuring out what that thing is and the hiccup with that, the agriculture clients is that a lot of them don't have the budget for it. So that might be one of those things where like, that could be a goal in three years. I would love to have this many retainer clients because I've educated that audience on what, what being a retainer client looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and maybe it's doing a little bit of stepping outside of your current community too, of is there a slightly bigger farm or is there a slightly bigger company that still fits in this world that could be a good retainer. Does anything come to mind when I say that? I mean, when I think about Kentucky and where I live here, I mean, we have a lot of big horse farms, a lot of bourbon distilleries. Yeah. You know, our potential. Um, There's also a lot of new distilleries that kind of come on the radar all the time. So it would be just like finding that right one who doesn't already have like an established person working for them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like a place like that, like a distillery or um, something that's a bigger operation might be easier to find someone that can do like a consistent retainer, even if that's just quarterly shoots or like you popping in to get the new thing that comes out or whatever. Um, How do you feel about pitching yourself? I could use some coaching on that. <laughs> I It sounds like you're pretty good at it anyways, because you're like, listen, I have all these relationships and it just it kind of organically happens, right? The relationships thing is interesting because like I told you that they were very supportive. My retainer clients, very supportive of me networking at their events, but I'm also usually taking photos at those events And I get very in the zone when I'm doing that of like, I'm here to do this job and I want to make sure I'm doing a really good job. And I don't want to get home later and say, oh man, I was like talking too much or I wasn't 
on the ball about what I was hired to do. I was like too worried about networking or whatever. Um, so do you you ever bring cards or even just like QR codes to your website or your Instagram or anything like that? That's been on my to-do list for like six months and I just haven't done it. And part of it was that I was so on the fence of what is craft and calling? Like, am I handing out a seriously Sabrina business card or am I handing out a craft and calling card? And, you know, what I also don't have a website yet for craft and calling. So that makes it hard to do a QR code unless it just sent someone to my Instagram. But do I want to be sent sending like a multi-million dollar distillery to my Instagram that has like nine photos and 300 followers, you know? How so, close are you to having your main website done? Because I feel like in the meantime, you could even have just a page that's a really curated uh, branding and marketing like um portfolio, right? And you could send people to your main website still or just redirect it to your main website until you have the new one built. Yeah. So my Seriously Sabrina website is like 95% done. It just needs copy on my about page and my pricing. So this coaching call comes at a really great time if we get to chat about pricing a little bit where I could be updating all of that. So... And yeah. right now my my current website is getting a glow up and it has a, a landing page that just kind of has a scrolling slideshow of images and it goes to a blog and then it goes to like get in touch. And that has actually like I almost debated making a new website because I'm like this glow up like landing page is doing really good things for me. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's like so, simple works, right? Keeping it simple. Yeah. <laughs> Which then we're we haven't even talked about how I have another, I don't want to say they're a retainer client, but I have like a loyal client in the interior design space that has booked me for five events next year across the country. So working with interior designers. That's amazing. I've done four of those events already and I did kind of pitch myself for those. So yeah, (laughs) I have pitched myself before, um, to do those. But so I've also been debating if I need to have a landing page for interiors and somewhere like that was really the event where I'm like, even if I had a card with a QR code on it that I could update, you know, over time, if they hang on to that, that would be a really nice thing to pass out at those events when I'm meeting people face to face to be like, I also photograph interiors. Here's my card to build those relationships would be really good. So I could put that on my goals page of making landing pages for those two specific things. But then how do I direct to them from my main site has been my other question. Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, to me, commercial and then lifestyle kind of are separate paths. So even if if you had a landing page, it could be commercial route, which is all the agriculture and the interiors. To me, those live on one website. And okay. then the lifestyle would be weddings and portraits. But even then, you know, it, if there are ways to niche down more, that can really help you. You know, if it's mostly weddings or if you're like, mostly elopements or whatever, when, when people come and see exactly what they need, it can be really helpful. Yeah. Um, 
but I do think that that's two different parts of your brand and kind of two different brands is more the commercial stuff and then the more lifestyle photography work. So you're saying the commercial would be separate from the lifestyle work? Like I would keep um, the uh, like the branding stuff and the interiors all together on one site. Okay. As like more commercial. Okay. So even if I have been photographing some brands that wouldn't fit under that, like fitness professionals, for example, like would it still fall under that because that's branding? I think so. I think so. And you can choose what to show and not show, but in general, I would keep kind of those two types of work on the different sites. Okay. So just so I understand, people would come to Seriously Sabrina and then it would you could then like guide them out to either portraits and weddings or branding and commercial and under branding and commercial would be the agriculture stuff and the interior stuff and whatever other branding things fall into that. Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to have, this is like, you know, if you have one website and you want people to have the two paths, you can do that with the landing page. Otherwise, you could just keep the two websites separate and in the footer of each one be like looking for branding, head over here, that kind of thing. So there's kind of a different couple different ways to do it because I know you're already in the middle of your website rebrand. Yeah, but it's still like it's not live yet. So anything can still be like tweaked and moved around. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically anything that isn't like newborn seniors weddings etc has its own space to live on yeah yeah I would because I think um you have to think about who is doing the hiring in those situations and so with a more commercial brand you're marketing to magazine editors to art directors to marketing directors to business owners you know and so they're gonna want to see that you have experience with businesses, that you understand what they need as far as marketing goes. And um, I think when you try to combine that with babies and lifestyle, which like, oh, that's great, but it just kind of keeps it, makes it a little messy. Right. So then the branding and the commercial stuff would be under a different name or still under Seriously Sabrina. I like it under the other other name. Yeah, I like it under the other name. I guess I'm like, tempted to keep the interiors under seriously Sabrina only because everyone that I've already met in that space knows me as that yeah but interiors could still work with all my other like the way that I edit interiors still looks very much like how I edit my portrait work so that could still live under seriously Sabrina I mean it's definitely up to you and what feels like it's flowing best. Um, to me, they're separate and I would separate them, but it, you know, I would do what kind of like flows the best for you. And I think either way, I know you're, you're like really thinking about this name thing. Either way, it's you, you know, like it doesn't really matter. It's just when, when you are trying to have the first impression with someone that you don't know as well, or that doesn't know you as well, You want them to click and be like, this is exactly what I've been looking for, you know? And I think that's what you do when you separate the portfolios like that. Yeah. I think thinking about it of who is doing the hiring for each different one will help me a lot in what to show and kind of how to separate them. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think like what's going to make the biggest impact for you as well. Like I know for, for me for a long time, I was like, I was doing everything. I was doing the commercial work and the musicians and the weddings and the portraits and some of it I loved and I wanted all of it on there. But at some point I was like, what do I really want my lifestyle to look like? What, like I'm overwhelmed with all these different things. What's going to move the needle the fastest? And the decision for me was to niche to weddings at the time um, was I was like, I can do, I was having a baby. I was like, I can do 10 a year and pay my bills, you know? And so that was kind of my decision. Now at this stage, I'm like, I want more things. I want my hands in more things. I want to have my commercial work and my coaching and my weddings and have them all kind of live in different places. So it's it's a little bit seasonal, but it's like, what's going to help you move the needle faster. And I'm guessing for you, it's the branding and retainer clients and the weddings. Do you think? Yeah. I mean, it would, that's why I think like the interiors, I have a really amazing opportunity to grow that, but it's going to take a year or two. Mm -hmm. And I think with the agriculture clients, same thing, since I know there's some education pieces that I either need to build into that part of the business And I just need to become more comfortable with introducing myself like as that name and that purpose of what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, just an idea if you're still feeling stuck on the name thing is you can be that brand by Sabrina, Sabrina Housel, you know, like you can have your name in there somewhere just to connect them. Um, But just remember, like, Ultimately, it's still you. It's just you're curating two different sets of images. Okay. Sorry, I'm making a few notes on this. Yeah, no, you're good. But I do want to chat pricing because I think that's going to help move the needle too is to look at like how can we adjust some pricing so that you're hitting those goals and you're feeling less worried. Because ultimately for you, is it about like less worry and more kind of freedom to do the stuff that you want to do? I think I just want to know that anything I'm investing my time in feels worth it from the pricing perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I was having a discussion about second shooting with a friend of mine recently. And to second shoot, you're giving up an entire Saturday for, as an example, we'll say $500 as a second shooter when you could, like, I could book a one hour portrait session and make that same amount of money for way less of my time invested in it. So I've been on the fence about like how much second shooting do I continue to do because it no longer feels, my time feels more valuable than the time I'm spending as a second shooter. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else in your business that feels that way? That's really it. And I did a lot of second shooting this year because I had so many open dates just where it was kind of a weird year where I was figuring some things out and trying, you know, putting my foot in some new ventures and seeing how it felt and if I wanted to keep pursuing it. So I think working on pricing, I feel like I'm at a, a, like a good spot right now. I'm interested for your take on where my pricing is and if I could do anything to adjust it. Yeah. Um, can you talk me through your different offers and what you're pricing them at? I know I have your wedding pricing, but anything you want to kind of like point out about different things? Sure. So this year 
again, since I was down on weddings, I really put some energy into booking mini sessions, which was great. I had one of my best mini years ever. And my price point for minis was two seventy-five, And then those were, tw- those are 20 minute sessions. I'm kind of in mini season right now. I love it. it. Good. Like that feels like a really good price point and that I've booked enough to where those days are like very worth it. Then most of my sessions fall into like the 45 minute to one hour range. And those are 450, except for newborns. Those are 550 because those can last up to 90 minutes. It just depends on the baby. So there's a little pricing flexibility there in case they go long. And then I have what I call my extended session, which is 90 minutes. And that's for some of the more creative stuff or if people want to change outfits or locations and that's 750. Okay. And, and then, then I do get some inquiries for things that don't fall in those price ranges. And I'll give a quote for that usually like based on time. Okay. And then what's your wedding pricing look like? So I offer a lot of non-traditional coverage, which can be booked hourly at $500 an hour. And then my base rate for like eight hours a full day is $39.50. Okay, perfect. And then what about for the branding work? Do you keep it at a similar price per hour or is it different? Yeah, the branding work I've been playing with because it feels new and unfamiliar and I'm not sure what's like where people are going to say yes. So I've been quoting it at 350 an hour since most people need two to three hours and that's felt good. And I've gotten yeses at 350 an hour for that, but then sometimes they run long and I don't bill for the extra time. And it's been this, like, I can't figure out if I need to raise it because I've also gotten no's at 350. I've gotten some yeses. I've gotten that's, that's out of our budget. So that feels like an uncomfortable pricing space for me right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the the branding pricing or kind of more commercial pricing can feel different at first because it's you're used to what you do with portraits and weddings and it's a little bit of a different space because I think we have to remember too that the photos are helping the business make more money. They have like a direct ROI from their investment into their business too. And so it's like also marketing and it's just, it's priced a little bit differently. So um, have you ever played around with doing like a half day and full day rate for your branding and commercial stuff? I have not, but I do think that would be a great thing to put in. I just, I don't even know how to price that unless I'm going off of wedding pricing and I don't know if they would be the same or if they need to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've I I've heard even when I was just starting with commercial photography, I um I started at like twenty five hundred for kind of like the smaller half day rate and five thousand for more of a full day rate. But then you know I think that those numbers can jump up to like ten and twenty and much bigger projects too. It kind of depends on how big the company is, and it's okay to like custom quote things for people too. So, um. I, I would probably scooch up your pricing with the branding stuff um, okay. to, to a place you feel comfortable, even if that's $1,500 for a couple hours or closer to $2,000. Um, but I think thinking through what, what all is going into this shoot, are you location scouting? Are you 
creative directing? Are you pulling together a mood board? Are you giving location, you know, location and outfit suggestions? All of those things need compensation too. So um, that could be a fun thing to play with is like, hey, it's this and this is what's included. It's a couple locations or a couple outfits. And I do a little bit of creative planning for you. And that's included in this kind of base rate. Okay. So that's like adding value to like, it's not just, oh, it's this much money for three hours of photography. You also get a mood board and styling and location scout, locations being scouted for you, et cetera. Yeah, I think you do what feels good for you. Um, the you know the mood board to me is a big value add because if someone's using this for their business, you're a little bit doing some marketing coaching too, especially if it's a smaller business where they don't have an art director or a marketing director calling the shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a little bit more love that's needed in the whole situation. Okay. So adding value with like some additional services. Does that feel, I mean, does that feel fun for you? Does that feel like if you were like, I could do 1500 or 2500 and also throw in this little meeting, does that feel good? I think I'm doing a lot of these things already, but I haven't been pitching it as like value that's added to what I'm charging. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's what I find a lot is that a lot of photographers are already doing these additional value ads and don't don't see it for what it is. It's like you are you're coaching, you're art directing, you're creative directing. And so instead of pricing it less per hour than your weddings, I would probably price it at least at what you're doing for weddings or more per hour. Okay, that's definitely helpful. And then so, I noticed with your weddings, I know you are you're you're mostly doing by hour and not by like what's included in the package, or do you build custom packages for people? Yeah, I've I do a la carte because for years I was getting inquiries where like I was offering a free engagement session and they would always be saying, Well, we don't need that. So can we get this instead? And I found that it's worked great where people can just add in exactly what they want. And typically, like a lot of times, most people book me just for like the $39.50 and it's just me showing up on their day. They get an online gallery and that's it. I think there's so there have been so many other options for people to like they may have a friend or family member do their engagement photos. They may feel comfortable designing their own book or album, et cetera. Um, And I feel very confident being a solo shooter on a wedding day, which I tell them in our um like whenever we chat before they book that I say, unless you really need it for logistics, like I'm very confident and comfortable shooting a day on my own. So a lot of people don't add that either. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you, um, do you feel good at the prices that you're at or would you like to make more per wedding? I am open to hearing what you have to say. (laughs) (laughs) I do feel like $39.50 is a little bit above average for my area as a single photographer. I know a lot of husband and wife teams that are at a similar price point because they shoot higher volume. I am booking weddings at $39.50. So I do feel like there could be an opportunity to go up a little bit or a lot. I don't know. I heard you. I heard 
a podcast episode on your podcast that was talking about how sometimes if you don't jump enough, you're kind of in this weird middle ground. And I feel like maybe I could, I could be kind of in that middle ground right now. So I'm open to possibly jumping in price. I think I struggle with a little bit of imposter syndrome where I know I'm very skilled, but I worry about getting too many no's and then feeling bad about myself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one way to kind of ease into that is to build some build some packages that you mentioned to people, even though you do a la carte, even just like, um, Hey, this is a recommended package or collection and include a few more things and maybe price it a bit higher just to see. Um, because sometimes when we only do a la carte or we only have one main package and we're not kind of like showing people what's possible, they, they just stay at the thing that you've suggested basically, you know? So you could test by saying like, if I built a package with um, rehearsal dinner coverage or with a little bit more time or with um, albums or engagement or whatever, you know, whatever you want to offer and kind of suggest that as the main one you are hoping people book, you can test the waters and see like, is this going to be an easy price raise? Are there people in my audience that are already wanting to work with me more than I think? Um, and then you can kind of more naturally raise it. Okay. That's a really good suggestion. And I have considered that before, but then also went through that like little period early this year where I was like, do I want to do weddings? Am I out? Am I quitting being a photographer? Yeah. <laughs> but I also heard, I think on your podcast recently that someone said a lot of people quit right before the breakthrough. And I heard that recently and I was like, I feel like that's where I was. Like I, I almost, I almost needed the devastation of losing my Facebook to like kick me in the butt and be like, I can't rely on that to move forward. So what do I do now? Well, and you got empowered with learning new skills. Like you didn't just say, oh, whoops, this is gone. And so I'm a victim of this circumstance. And so now my business needs to just go away. You know, you were like, how can I learn more about Google ads? How can I learn more about this and that? You invested in the things that you needed to invest in. So I really applaud you for leaning into it because it's so easy to quit when things get hard or when something happens that we're not expecting. And yeah, sometimes the challenge is there to see if you'll rise above it. Yeah, I've felt that and I do feel proud of myself in this moment. (laughs) But now I also am feeling that pressure of I've gotten here. Now, how do I maintain it? Which is why I feel like our call came at such a good time because it was that 10 year pain point. Like I'm at I'm at a decade and they say, you know, so many businesses don't survive past like three to five years and I've doubled that. So now what? (laughs) Yeah. Smooth sailing. You've made it to 10 years. I think like stop looking for problems. You know, you're, you can have these two brands. You can do all the different things that you want to do. It's um, just keep flowing with what feels good. And I would say if anything to like challenge you, build some bigger packages in both sides of your business. So give some more options, work a little bit on um, helping people find you know, the more valuable package. So a little bit more time in the sales process, maybe just showing people 
why that slightly larger investment is better in the long run for their business or for their wedding or for their portraits. Um, and then to keep pitching yourself, like get meetings with people in some businesses around you, be kind of present in the community, which it sounds like you already are, but I think there's probably businesses that are looking for someone that does what you do and they haven't found you yet. And so go help them find you. <laughs> get get back out and be social. <laughs> get those business cards for all of this great networking you're doing. Help people continue to um, continue on with that relationship. Do you think doing a QR code business card, is that the way people are doing it these days? I haven't ordered new business cards since 2019, so I don't even know, like, is it smart to even have a business card? Like, what's what's industry standard now with that? I don't think there is an industry standard. And I think that, um, like, I still see old school marketing really work with photography. So, you know. There's there's a lot of different things that work in marketing. You could go blow up on TikTok or you can go and leave your business card in some physical locations that people go. Um, I think like try it all, you know, try what feels fun to you. So yeah, QR codes are fun or, you know, just having making it a practice of friending people on Instagram. That's a little bit like a new business card. You know, like, hey, well, I'm busy shooting, but what's your Instagram? Like, let's connect, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think as long as you have a process, either I'm going to hand this person my card or I'm going to take a picture of their Instagram and friend them later or whatever you're going to do, I would just have some kind of thing that's like you're getting in the habit of doing. Okay. I can do that. So much work. <laughs> No, it's just like adding, it's like asking for someone's number, you know, at a mixer. It's just a little bit of an extra, a little bit of an extra uh, boost to what you're already doing because you're already doing so much so well. So it, usually it's just that little tiny tweak that helps things, um, helps things keep going and building that momentum. Yeah. Or even just having that confidence of this is what I do and I know what I'm doing and how to like sell that and not just like, well, I mean, yeah, I photograph interiors or, you know, yeah, I've done some stuff with ag businesses here and there, but I don't really know where my pricing is. Just having some confidence built in of, yes, I do that. And here is my pricing. Yeah. I find, I find that I waver a lot. And sometimes my dad has been like, just fake it. Tell them that, yes, you absolutely do that. And then figure it out after you walk away. <laughs> totally. Totally. And if you're feeling, you know, if you're feeling like nervous in the moment, just make it about the other person. Like, oh my gosh, your business is this. I would absolutely love to photograph what you're doing. That's amazing. You know? And so some of the key to pitching is kind of getting out of our own head and just like being excited about what's in front of us. That is really good. I need to, that's really good. I need to do that, especially being in person. Cause sometimes I do think I get nervous and I like nervous talk my way out of maybe them working with me in a weird way. Like, you know, you just say the one weird thing or they can sense that you're yeah, you're shifting about it. And they're like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I you feel like the spotlight's on myself. Yeah. You feel like the spotlight's on you or whatever. 
I've definitely booked weddings in bars because someone was like, I'm getting married here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, your wedding sounds amazing. Like, let me follow you on Instagram. We can chat later. You know, you don't even, you don't have to say I'm the most amazing photographer in the world. You don't have to make it weird and about you. You can just be excited about what they're doing. Yeah, that's great. I need to do more of that. I love it. Okay, cool. So I feel like a little bit of pricing tweaks, continuing with your rebrand and separating the two sides of your business and just like not looking back. Okay. And then adding something to your process to build the relationships as you're meeting people, like a follow on Instagram, a friend friend request on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever feels good for you, but kind of figuring out what the thing is you say to people. Um, and even like go do some speed dating or something, you know, something that kind of like gets you in the practice of doing that with people or networking and um, in like a low pressure environment. And, and that can feel really fun too. It's kind of like a game. Yeah. I used to go to networking events all the time, like in the wedding industry. And then they stopped for a while. And now I find when I go to them, I often just like try to find whoever I know in the room and then I'll just kind of <laughs> hang out with them. And next time I go to an event like that, I need to be more outgoing and walking up to people that I don't know and saying, hi, this is who I am and what I do. Because so much of like being successful and I had this mindset in college, which maybe served me well in the beginning of my business was it's who you know, not what you know, that can often like you know, give you a door that opens into a new thing. Yeah. And I need to, I need to bring that back into my headspace, I think, because I used to do that all the time. I know I did. I think we all got um, self-conscious after 2020, <laughs> like all of a sudden, none of us are good at networking. And that's not true because there's lots of people good at it. But I definitely hear that a lot more now of like, I just got got out of the practice. I don't know how to even do it anymore. So well, I think yeah. a lot of people shifted in that time period. Like it gave everybody time to kind of slow down and really think about what they're doing. And maybe there have there's more people like me who are kind of questioning like what they're doing and what do they want to be doing or do they want to pivot a little bit? And the pivot is what I'm finding is really difficult for me after I was so established in like who I was as a photographer and what I photographed. And now that that is shifting a little bit, I'm wavering on how to do it. Yeah, I feel that too. I also like to do a lot of things and can overthink which path I need to go on. And something that has helped me is like a, is picturing a car and like, it's really hard to steer a car that's not moving but if the car is already moving, you can steer it in whatever direction it wants to go in. So sometimes I'm like, I just need to stop and I need to reevaluate everything and I need to decide which direction I want to go in. And actually, that usually is not helpful because it's way easier to steer it when it's moving. So I think if you're still excited about weddings, you're still excited about all these things, keep going and you'll pick up bits of knowledge along the way that lets you either outsource some of it or bring on team members or raise pricing. And it'll make sense if at one point you're supposed to let part of it go. Okay. That sounds good. This has definitely been very helpful. I feel like I was going to ask one more question about pricing and that 
Oh, it's if for branding clients, what else do you offer that is like an elevated service or value for your branding clients besides stuff that's on the front end, like the location scouting and mood boards and stuff? What about on the back end of what you deliver for a branding client? Nothing. Yeah. It's it's the quality of the photos. It's the good communication. It's doing a great job, being consistent. So um, yeah, I deliver the high, high res photos and, and that's it. Okay. That's good to know. I mean, I like that's for weddings. I feel like there's so much where there, where you can talk about like on the back end of things, here's what you can sell or offer that <laughs> elevates what you're doing, but for branding, it's the opposite. And I appreciate that because I pretty much already do that. Yeah. So. I think communication okay. is the biggest thing. Like you're when you're doing stuff for a business, there's a lot of people that are keeping the building going or keeping them, you know, keeping the ship moving, whatever metaphor you want to use. So if you can be on time, do what you say you're going to do, be great to communicate with all of that, um, then it it's going to be easy to keep inviting you back. Okay. Perfect. I can do that. Okay. Was, was there anything else in the email that I sent you before our chat that caught your attention or anything? I, I think we covered everything, but I wasn't sure yeah. if there was anything that you thought. I don't think so. I'm excited to see your new site come together. I think that will do a lot and continuing to stay active on Instagram and all of that. So, um, so yeah, just, I, it's, it's tweaking everything up a little bit. And I think you're going to just keep building that momentum and keeping it going and all of that. Okay. That sounds good. Yay. Well, thanks for chatting with me today. It was so good to meet you and see you. And I can't wait to see what the next couple months bring for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I got so much out of our call and really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Yay. Good. All right. Bye, Sabrina. Bye. Thank you. This episode was produced and edited by the lovely Jen Madigan Creative. Music for this episode was written and recorded by Jamie Lono and Shammy D. Thanks for being part of our Dangerous Creatives podcast community, and we'll see you again next time.